Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This is Monty Walden. Welcome to part two of my conversation with Daniele Proietti from the Abbia Nova Winery in Lazio. For your your group, you know, it seems like it's a group of people with similar ideas. Do you have a sort of set of rules or standards between you, say, for when you're um, doing work in the vineyard, you all try to work to similar goals in terms of environmentally friendly um, biodiversity creating or preserving practices is that how you do it or is everybody free to do what they want and use their own common sense i saw that there were no rules at first uh, the, the only rules were uh, the, the basic rules making a natural natural viticulture natural agriculture at first natural viticulture so using few quantities of sulfur and copper and try to reduce them all over the year, uh, trying to uh, create uh, auto-defense by the plants. So this was our first route, and then try, trying to do the best natural approach into the winery. So don't use yeast, don't, use, uh, don't add nothing, and only low quantities of sulfites when it needs. And this was the original rules without any any document uh, we, we wrote. But then I saw that everyone went to, went to a kind of approach that is more agricultural in the sense of, of a vineyard. So everyone here in Piglio Appellation, in Olevano Appellation, which is the other important appellation of the Cesanese, I mean, for example, another winery that I, I, for, I forget before, which is Riccardi Reale uh, in Olevano, uh, is really good. They have a beautiful approach in the way they use to manage every single person, trying to create an ambient and an ecosystem into the vineyard. So planting other seeds, planting seeds of other cultures, planting trees all around. So creating something all around the vineyard just to protect the vineyard and just to interact, just to create an interaction between the, the vine and the other plants, also wild plants. And I saw that. This was the way that everyone took personally without any docu document wrote. But everyone at first has to use at least sulfur and copper, only sulfur and copper, and try to reduce them because we know that also copper, we need to, to work for a reduction of the copper and then try to work without any adding substances in fermentation only low quantities of sulfides. So what you're trying to do is partly sort of a biodynamic idea where each individual plot has its own individual way of looking and um, being worked. And obviously the biodiversity in and around the vineyard is very important that all of you or each of you has your own personal strategy that's not like, like a spreadsheet where everybody follows exactly the same rules. People are free to think how they want and act how they want. And the more they do that, the more diversity they have in the vineyard and the more complex or interesting the wines will be, even though they're from the same grape variety in the same region. You're just trying to create this diversity in a very natural way and let nature take 
more of a hand than human beings yeah yeah but i have to i have to tell you that we have been also so lucky from that point of view because we are not born in a place where uh, everything is covered only by our, our culture only by vineyard i mean from this point of view the language region or barolo region so this place was kind of abandoned during the 50s because everyone wanted to live the peasant life to get into the city, get in Rome and try to work work there in Rome. So my generation found a place with a lot of forests, with a lot of places where everything is with vineyards, Kansas City is with other cultures. And uh, so we are, we are very lucky from this point of view because we are only trying to replace uh, sustainability with uh, Yet existing agrosystem, but more wild than you can find in a domestic planting place. So when we plant, everyone here when plant a vineyard, plants a vineyard, uh, uh, try to check the environment all around. Try to respect it because everyone knows that if you if the balance is not respected. The problem could be that the diseases into the vineyard are more and more and more a problem. A problem. I saw that in the last ten years here, the downy mildew, the powdery mildew, decreased a lot, just because everyone tried to do this kind of job: plant a vineyard, trying to check the environment, try to respect the wild plants, trying to respect the forest, try to respect the, the oak trees that that we have all around, and this is. This was a really good job. And I can say now that the, all those two appellations, the Olevano and Piglio Doc, the, the problem of diseases is not too high. And probably this is the result of our job. I mean, when conventional growers listen to you or see your group or know about people in the, in, in the group, are they, uh, do they think that you're idiots and living in the past? Or do they think, hmm, maybe this guy... And this group has some good ideas. What, what reaction do they give? It depends because uh, everyone in this subterranean group agree with that, agrees with that. So everyone knows that if you have a vineyard with nothing else inside, is a problem for your plants. I can say that also other wineries, which are conventional, are trying to, to change. So... Is not a traditional. It's not only a traditional way. It's, all, it's also a future way because it's a, a different. It's a different kind to also to 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 work on a scientific way. It's a kind to to see the scientific method in what the scientific method lost when he accepted only chemicals or math tools to work in agriculture. So I saw that they, they don't consider us as idiot because as also you can see, we are in a continuous research. So we just don't want to tell dogmas all around. There are no dogmas. We are researching also because we are conscious of this thing. The fact that the agriculture is a regional fact, is a town fact. So you can apply a protocol to a place and think that if you apply that to another place, you have the same results. Is as the history of agriculture teaches us, 
if you if you remember, uh, I see a lot of people that use horses now into the vineyards, but there are some places where horses can't be used because the soil is not is not useful for horses. Just the one where we live. Io is a place where the tradition is to use cows into the vineyards and not horses. So we don't, the, the fact that we are in a continuous transition and we have no protocols is good because the, the people who consider us not as, as prophets, but as people who are trying to do something new, which is really linked also to the tradition, because we also have to remember that we have three or four great agronomists from the Roman period that are uh, a beautiful teacher for us, just like Varrone, Columella, and Catone. If you have a look and if you, if you find the beautiful De Re Rustica, uh, that translation in Italian is L'arte dell'agricoltura, or uh, The Art of, of Agriculture by Columella, is an encyclopedia of a natural approach, a farm natural approach, and we, we are so lucky because uh, the, 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 the places where this book raised were the ones where we are now planted vineyards. So the, the Campagna Romana, the Roman, the Roman landscape. So this book is really important for us because it's an ancient, natural approach in our places. It happened about 2,000 years ago for about 300 years of experiments here in vines, olive oil trees, horticulture, cows and animals and everything could mean a farm. Yeah, interesting that you're going uh, looking, but often it's the way um, when we lose our way going forward, we have to look backwards and see where we've gone wrong and see where others have gone right. And as you say, some of these ancient texts are still very relevant today. Now, you have your own um, vineyard. Uh, your family does, Abbia Nova, is that correct? Abbia Nova. Let's talk about the wines that you make. You make the wines under the Frusinati GP and the Piglio DOCG, you mentioned them. But let's just go through um, the wines one by one. So you make a, for white wine, you make a Passerina del Frusinati um, from Bellone, Passerina del Frusinati, Malvasia. Um, how do you make that? We make two different, two different Passerina. The first one is the Senza Vandalismi, which is a name we, we gave to the one just to mean that the, the vandalism is a term that means a brutal approach to things. So Senza Vandalism means that we have a light approach to things in agriculture and in winery. Our Passerina, our Senza Vandalismi, so the entry-level Passerina, is made from a 40-years Tendone vineyard Played with an important crew in two groups we have, and is uh, fermented with uh, no skin contact, just to express the pureness of the of the wine grapes. So we decided to do that just to focus on the thin line of the grape taste. So he has to respect the grape taste without any adding of skin contact. And this is the, the concept that we had when we uh, tried to do this wine. And the other pastorina is from a crew, and it's not from a tendone, it's from an old vineyard of 90 years old, one of the first planted here in Piggio in the, in the modern times. And for that vineyard, the grapes are really different, and the, the age of the vines led us to try to check what could we do 
with a skin maceration. And we checked all over the year what, that when you work with this kind of wine grape, Passerina and Bellone, you have to check right how many days, how many days you can leave the skin in contact with liquid. Because if you leave them so much, the expression of the good flavor that you have when you taste the wine grape are not respected. So uh, what we do is this for the other one, which name is San Giovanni and is from a crew. What we do is that every year when we taste the, when we taste the grape, we have in mind, in mind how many days the skin contact could respect the vintage. So we passed from 12 hours to five or six days of skin contacts, but not more. And this is our, our two white wines from Passerina, Bellone, and Malvasia del Lazio, which are the, the original wine grapes cultivated here. So you make a uh, rosato as well, the Frusinate EGT rosato called Berlame. What is that made from? Berlame is made from the Cesanese da File, that is the most important we have, and a small percentage of another ancient wine grape that we found here in the old vineyards with the other friends of the subterranean movement, which is called here Nostrano. But then genetic researchers uh, told us that this wine grape is called Maiolica and is also cultivated in small old vineyards in uh, in south of Marche and north of Abruzzo. And this is what this is because those lands are under the Vatican State. This is also why we cultivate Passerina and is also cultivated in south of, of Mark. Rosato, so the Rosato is made from the blend of 90% of Cesanese da Fila and 10% of Nostrano, of Maiolica. And it was a, it was my, my first idea of Cesanese. It means that after years and years of tasting a lot of Cesanese, all around. When I started making my own production, I decided to also, as in the Passerina, to discover the skeleton, the thin line, the thin line of the wine by making rosato. So it was it was really the first and most important guide also in making our cruise, our more aged wines. And he is for he is as twelve hours of skin contact and then the liquid is left alone fermenting into cement bed then is wrecked and then is bottled uh, is bottled up after six five six months month after the the harvest just like the the whites the other two whites the senza vandalism and the san giovanni so um and you're, you because you have these volcanic deposits do your wines show a lot of salinity that sort of savoriness more the Passerina and the Bellone than the Cesanese. I have to say that. I can say that the, yeah, the salinity is more in the white, more in the whites than in the red. And in the rose, also in the rosé, but I think that uh, is, the, the salinity comes more from Nostrano in the rosato than from Cesanese. The Cesanese, uh, Cesanese has the, the, the peculiarity of give you fruit uh, flavors and, uh, and kind of a kind of sweetness, even if it's not sweet. Uh, the Nostrano is more linked to salinity as the Passerina. But probably this is a genetical uh, tree of the, the genetical tree of the, the wine grape. And also because you have to consider that this 
volcanic soil is made by clay, is not a sandy soil. So it's really hard to compare those wine to other volcanic place just like the Mount, Mount Etna. Probably you can find some some similarity with even if you compare it with the different wine grapes with the the, the suave the, the suave areas if you want to think about the red wines that could do in this place. And also you have to consider that Cesanese da File is a is a wine grape that could give you Jude uh, fruits wines or thin burgundy wines. So it depends on how you work on it in the cellar. And this is also, this peculiarity is also um, good from my point of view because that means a lot of differences in, inter- in interpretation of the, the, the wine grapes between one producer to another in this place, in Pio and in Oleban. So the, the answer is that salinity, salinity I, I saw salinity, I see salinity more in the whites than in the reds. Interesting. What about the tannic? What in the reds? What about the tannic structure? It's rough and rude, but has this this late tasting of sweet that if you leave uh, not in oak, but in different in different materials, just like jar, could give you. Uh, Beautiful satisfaction after two or three years of aging in different materials. Uh, I can I can tell you that our tannins are not good for small oaks for small barrels, but good for big big barrels or for aging in jar or in cement. Or amphora, small or big ones. Is there any risk of oxidation with amphora? Because sometimes because it's so porous. Some grape varieties don't always react well, but I guess with a red, it's a little bit easier, yeah? Not so much, because we we made a lot of mistakes in the first years we used the, the jar, the amphora, because we used more ones. And uh, there were a lot of oxygen passing through the holes of the clay. And then we realized that the best ways was to buy bigger amphoras, uh, is the same thing as we talk about the barrels, small barrels, and, more, and big barrels about the Cesanese. So if you use big big vats of every material, is the best way to avoid oxidation and also to give your tannins the way to define their elegance. Interesting. Well, I have to come down. I'm not too far away from you. I'm in Montalcino, so I'll have to come down and see you when we're allowed to... The day you come, I try to organize, uh, you know, a, a, a dinner with all the other producers. Just you have the the chance to, uh, to to meet everyone, and you will see that everyone has this beautiful approach. But everyone is uh, independent from this point of view, and this is good because, as I said before, this is a way to to share information each other about what we are doing on our own. Daniel Proetti. Thanks very much from Abia Nova. Nova, Nova. It's a dialectal term of Nova, Nova. And Abia is the, in dialect, means via, the way. So Abia Nova means the new way. And the Abia Nova here in Piglio is the oldest street we have. So the oldest street is the new one from our point of view. And that, that's why we call it Abia Nova. The new way is the oldest one. Okay, Daniele Proietti from Abbianova Winery in Lazio. Thanks very much for sharing uh, your thoughts on 
natural wine growing and natural winemaking and uh, just details about your amphora and all the different things that you're doing and the group that you're taught that you're trying to um, build very very interesting from my perspective as someone that is into organics and biodynamics and all that sort of stuff really really enjoyed uh, listening to you today and look forward to meeting you face to face we're waiting for you okay it won't be long ciao Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Himalaya FM and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.